Hello, I'm Sven Erstring. Welcome to Let God Speak. One of the most beautiful and powerful things that God has given us is the ability to choose. He took a big risk by giving us the power of choice, but he did this because he loves us. Some choices that we face in life have fairly similar outcomes that have no major consequences, but there are other choices that have vastly different outcomes. If we choose the wrong path, it can end up being much more difficult than we thought. To discuss this topic today, we have Casey Butler and Mike Browning on our panel. Thank you so much for being with us today. Pleasure. (laughs) And as we head into God's Word, I'd invite you to pray with us as we commence. Father in heaven, I just want to thank you that as we live in a world which is very turbulent, with so many things happening around us in the biological world, the political world, the social world, the natural world, Lord, We just want to say thank you so much for being with us. Thank you also for giving us the word, the the powerful light of prophecy. And I pray that as we read your word today, our trust and our faith in you will grow, is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 On 28th of June, 1914, three cars took a wrong turn down a side street in Sarajevo, the capital of Bosnia. When one of the passengers in the third car realized what had happened, he called out to the driver to stop and reverse. Unfortunately, as the driver was reversing, he stalled the car close to where a man was standing who had a pistol hidden in his jacket. The assassin couldn't believe his luck. He quickly walked up to the car and shot the VIP passengers, Archduke Franz Ferdinand and his wife Sophie, at point-blank range. That one wrong turn not only left three young Austrian children as orphans, it also dragged an entire planet into its first world war. Four, Four years later, 40 million people had lost their lives. Sometimes wrong turns can lead us down very difficult, even deadly paths. But the reality is, that this was not the first wrong turn and the most deadly wrong turn which occurred in in history. What other wrong turns have been taken as we look down in the history of humanity? Well, it's interesting, you know, if, if we are yeah, thinking about the human race, um, the first part that comes to mind is actually right back at creation with the first human beings. Um, and if you have a look in Genesis uh, chapter 3 and verse 6, it says that the woman made a choice <laughs> which took her down wrong path. It says that um, the tree looked good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes. It looked like it would be something that would make her wise. And she took of the fruit, ate it, gave it to her husband. He ate it. And this was the tree which God had told them was no-go zone. Mm. And they made that choice. And look, there's been millions, billions of people who have suffered and died as a result of this one choice. Mm. Yeah, it's astounding, really, isn't it? How just one, one decision yes. can be such a defining moment and people yes. don't realise it at the time. Um, 
I'm very intrigued as I look over at Proverbs 14, verse 12. Now, Proverbs are written by the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon. And he said in verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Um, So sometimes, Mm. yes, um, Eve thought that was a simple decision. Mm. And, uh, and maybe it wasn't as bad as it looked. Mm. And, Especially uh, in the moment. But yeah. at the end was a way of death. Mm. And exactly what um, is said here. So we all face those kind of questions. That's yes. the point, those sort of decisions. Yes. And we have to be sure that the decisions that we make are going to lead us in the right path. So I guess the question is this. Did Adam and Eve have any idea about where that path would lead them? Was it, you know, were they completely oblivious to it? Or did they have some thought or forewarning of where it would go? Mm. They definitely had forewarning. Um, We can find that actually if you just go into the previous chapter in Genesis, Genesis chapter 2 and verse um, 16 and 17, it says, The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree in the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof you will surely die. So he's given the clear warning here. And um, whilst they, I think because they'd never experienced death, they probably wouldn't have appreciated like the extent of what that would mean. But they had been told that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, it was a matter of trust at its bottom line, wasn't it? Correct. And who do you trust here? And um, yes, it's true. They hadn't experienced death. Mm. And so it obviously wouldn't sound, maybe it doesn't sound as bad as it actually is, mm. as final as it is. Um, they didn't have that. Um, no, they couldn't foresee mm. the enormous ramifications mm. of the decision that they were going to make. You can't see these things in advance. Mm. But they did have the clear word of God. Don't do that. Yes. So it was a matter of loyalty yes. and, who you, and who you trust ultimately. Mm. And unfortunately, they didn't get that. He mm. didn't get that. And Adam, of course, didn't get that either. Yes. And so the decision they made was a very unfortunate one for yes. them and us. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it makes you wonder, I mean, why do we do these things? Why do we in those moments of critical decision that we just ah, take the wrong course? I mean, I'm sure all of us have had experiences even in a yes. smaller scale where we've mm. done that. And you think, oh, you know, I knew better. Why did I do that? Mm. Um, but I guess it's, it's something which is a pattern that we really have to, you know, watch ourselves of because it's a, a weakness that mm. we have. Mm. And um, the, ra- the way we choose may seem right at the moment, but the end of it is not always the best outcome. Being, and being in too big a hurry sometimes. Mm. That's, know, that's, that's yes. the thing to wait on God. Yes. Mm. So we want to go from the story of Adam and Eve at the beginning in, in Genesis. Mm. And we want to, to go to a very specific period in, in history. And uh, that is with King Ahaz. And we'll go back to, or forward, I should say, um, to Isaiah chapter 7. So Isaiah chapter 7. And uh, we want to explore this relationship which the people of Israel, the, the, uh, the, the God's people have with, with God and how that worked out. So Isaiah chapter 7 is really, really amazing. So can you explain to us what's happening in this uh, chapter here, Mike? Mm, mm. Give us a bit of history. Yes, there is some interesting history here, actually. Um, chapter 7, 1 and 2, I'd just like to read verse 1. It says, It came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, 
that Rezin king of Syria and Pekah the son of Remaliah king of Israel went up to Jerusalem to make war against it but could not prevail. So they had a coalition fighting against Judah in Jerusalem and they were in trouble. Verse 2 says, And it was told to the house of David, saying, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim, so his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved by the wind. In other words, they were scared out of their wits. They were shaking. They were shaking in fear. Mm. That's exactly right. So um, this, even though um, they were holding the enemy at bay, apparently, at this point in time, nonetheless, they were scared, scared, scared. Mm. And uh, they were in a terrible situation. There's yes. no doubt about it. Mm. They really are. And I guess the question is, why, why were they in this situation? Why, why did they lack the confidence and the peace that they, they needed? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's interesting when we look at a little bit of the history of what um, this particular king, King Ahaz, had been up to. Um, if you look at Second Kings chapter 16 and um, verse, it's in verse like 2 to 5, but I'll focus in on verse 3. It says, um, He walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and he made his son to pass through the fire according to the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel. He sacrificed and burned incense in the high places and on the hills and under every green tree. And then it goes on to say that, you know, Rezin and Pekah had come down to, you know, attack and everything. Um, but this history, this king, he has not been faithful to God's commandments mm. and no doubt had led the people um, also in the same kind of path. And, you know, when you have forsaken God, who is the powerful one who can be your helper, and you've gone on your own path, how can you, when you're in trouble, then go and turn on that person for help? Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like a presumptuous thing to do that. Mm -hmm. And probably something you wouldn't want to anyway. You know, this is the person you've turned your back on. Why would you turn to him for help? Yes. Um, And so you're left in your own hands. They were left in their own hands. And of course, their security is under threat. And so they're afraid. Mm. They're really, really afraid about what's going to happen. It's so interesting that we say there are no atheists in foxholes and everybody's a believer when the chips are down. Yes. (laughs) And the plane's going down. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. Everybody's praying. It just intrigues me that that is the case. Instinctively, we know, as Ahaz did, that um, there's nothing in these gods, even Mm. though these gods. Mm. Why would you follow a god that caused you to put your children through a fire? Yeah. Mm. You know, mm. how, do, how is that a desirable thing compared to the God of mercy? Mm. But the God of mercy wants your heart. And I think that's something some people find that very hard to give. Mm. Um, indeed. So that's really amazing. Um, this other thing that comes out of this story that is incredible is that God is so amazingly merciful and patient. He is. Despite what this man had done, mm. God is basically sends him a message saying, I've got it under control. Just trust me here. Yes. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and we find that message in Isaiah chapter 7 oh, yeah, and yeah, uh, verse 14 to, to um, 16. Uh, so, and, and truly, Mike, this is, as you would know, uh, this, this message is, is profound. It, it has amazing significance for us mm. right now as well, and we'll, we'll come to that. Um, but, but Mike, would you be able to read that for us? Yes, yeah. Um, chapter 7, verse 14 of Isaiah. That's correct. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And this is a sign to Ahaz. So here's the promise yes. to Ahaz. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. 
And um, I think most of us would recognise that this mm. is uh, this prophecy does indeed have a double application. Yes. Um, both to Ahaz and then, of course, to Jesus later on. Correct. Because um, the, the scripture in the New Testament, the Bible writers apply that to Jesus and mm. he's called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Tremendously reassuring for Ahaz mm. and, of course, tremendously enlightening when it comes to who Jesus was yes. and is. Um, so he gives them this, um, he gives him a, an indication that there's going to be a sign. Um, verse 15 and 16 quickly says, Curds and honey he shall eat that he may know how to refuse the evil and choose the good. Um, and he gives him a bit of a time period as to when he may expect deliverance. That's what this point is all about. Before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the, ha the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. In other words, you'll be delivered mm. before your child, um, referring no doubt to his child, mm. before your child is going to be, how old would it be before they can choose good and, mm. for between good and evil? One or two years One or two. Pretty much. You know, so he's going to have to wait a year or two. Can he do it? Mm. Can he wait? And that, but I mean, mm. there's tremendous reassurance. Mm. Yes. The prophet of God has spoken God's word to him. Yes. And, and the question is, can we trust, trust God? Yeah. So, so tell me a little a bit. bit why, why, was, why was God giving uh, Ahaz this, this message? What, what was behind it? I think, I think he was um, actually wanting to, to draw on Ahaz's heart, you know, because yeah. Ahaz is apostatized. And so God is very gracious in his approach here. Um, and giving him, you know, this hope for the circumstances that they're in, that God is saying, look, I haven't forsaken you. Yes, even though you've done all these things which have forsaken me. Mm. Um, and so he's giving them this, this assurance that, look, if you can just take this opportunity I'm giving you to put your trust in me, um, you know, this, this is going to try and help turn Ahaz and the nation visit, um, Israel or Judah, whatever, um, back to God. Yes. Mm. And what, what is really incredible about this is if we just go a few verses earlier uh, in verse 10, mm. uh, it actually says that God spoke to Ahaz and said, ask for a sign. Mm -hmm. and, and we kind of talked about this last time we did the Bible study with a, with a different uh, panel. Um, but Ahaz said, I will not ask a sign. And yet God still comes and says, I will give you a sign anyway. Mm. That is really, really amazing. And this is the sign that he gives. And this sign has been of inspiration and reassurance to thousands, millions of believers uh, mm. down through, through history. Mm. It's, it's really, really incredible. Mm. So this is the burning question. What choice did Ahaz make? Where, which, which pathway did he choose? <laughs> Well, he didn't choose the one that God wanted him to, which was God wanted him to take the step and put trust in him. Yes. He, um, yeah, unfortunately took, I guess, the choice he was accustomed to, mm. didn't he? Mm. Yes, right. Relying on himself. And that was the other option. Yes. Do it yourself or trust God. Yes. God says he will do it. But wait a minute. Mm. How long will that take? Well, too long. Yes. You no, know, we can't wait. And that's a lack of trust again. Yes. Um, God gave him a tremendous opportunity, really. Mm. So can you take us to the, the Bible passage, which actually highlights what the choice was that, that Ahaz has, um, uh, took us down, uh, Casey? What, where does it tell us in the Bible which choice that he made? Sure, yeah. So have a look at 2 Kings chapter 16. 2 Kings 16, and we're looking at verse um, 7 through to 9. 
And um, basically, uh, it says here that Ahaz, he sent messages to the king of Assyria, Tiglath-Pileser, saying, I am thy servant and thy son. Come up and save me out of the hand of the king of Syria and out of the hand of the king of Israel, which rise up against me. And Ahaz took the silver and gold that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house and sent it for a present to the king of Assyria. And the king of Assyria hearkened unto him, for the king of Assyria went up against Damascus and took it and carried the people of it captive to Kerr and slew Rezin. So you can see here that Ahaz, instead of trusting God to um, deal with the matter as he had promised he would, he's kind of taken the matter into his own hands. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, by trying to befriend his friend's enemies, <laughs> um, further down the track, that enemy actually became his enemy too yes. and didn't result in good ultimately. Yeah. yeah, so he paid him off with all the money that they had. <laughs> it's a risky em thing to do. Emptied the futures fund and um, paid it all to this king. Mm. It's a very risky thing to do because there must be more where that came from. Yes. So you um, we were talking with fairly ruthless people here and the Assyrians certainly were Yes. at that time. Now I notice in First Chronicles um, chapter 5 and verse 26 that um, it talks here about Tig, um, Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, and says the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pul, king of Assyria, that is Tiglath-Pileser. Mm. Um, so in other words, God was doing stuff here. And um, that was the other thing that Ahaz was missing, that God was already active behind the At scene. work. He was at work. Mm. And God was going to have his will brought out, mm. um, whether Ahaz cooperated or not. Yes. So, so this is the, the great question for us today. So, of course, it's amazing history and, and we mm. love the history. But the thing for us today is this. What drives us to actually take situations and decisions into mm. our, our, our own hands? Mm. Yeah, well, if you go back to Isaiah 7, 1 again. Yes. Um, chapter 7, verse 1. Um, we will even, yes, verse 1, verse 2, um, verse 2 probably particularly. Verse 2 says, it was told to the house of David saying, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. And remember we mentioned his heart and the heart of his people were moved like the trees in the wind. Mm. In other words, they were scared. So yes. that's what drove him. Yes. He was just plain scared. Mm. His fear was a lot stronger than his trust in God. Mm. Yeah, there's another example um, back a bit before in, in um, the history of Israel where Saul, the king of Israel, actually did a similar thing. How he had Philistine armies um, surrounding him. He was afraid of that. And um, when he tried to call to the Lord, um, God wouldn't answer him because he had again forsaken the Lord. This is found in 1 Samuel 28, verse 5 to 7. And then it says, what did he do instead? In verse 7, it says, Saul um, said to his servant, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And um, then his servants told her where someone like this was. So mm. he's taken a totally different path, um, again, driven by fear mm. um, in this situation. So. Mm. You know, it's such an amazing message that we have in the Bible, and that is that the Bible tells us to fear not, do not be afraid. And we, we just want to dive into this. This is of such an important yes. um, concept mm. in, in our study today. Where do we find this message, fear not, do not, do not be afraid? Yeah. 
do we, what is a good passage that we might, might look at? There are quite a few passages. In mm. fact, the Bible is full of them. Um, an example I can give is one in um, Daniel. Yes. Daniel chapter 10, verse 19. It says um, that basically uh, some, an angel came to, or a messenger came to see Daniel, and he says, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto you. Be strong. Be strong. And um, yeah, just an example, you know, where he was in a circumstance where naturally human nature is like, oh no, this is some majestic being and God just wants to reassure him, don't fear. Yes. Um, it's okay. Mm. Yeah, and look at, look at the message that came through Isaiah in chapter 41 and verse 10. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you. Mm. Yes, I will help you. Mm. And making it very clear, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mm. Wow, with assurance like that. Mm. So we've got Daniel, we've got Isaiah. Any yes. other places that come to mind? Yeah. That's a good question. There's another one in, um, uh, in the New Testament in Luke, yes. um, Luke chapter 2. And um, if we look at verse 9 to 11, again, we've got the, a situation where um, heavenly beings are, in, are present and that can make humans <laughs> naturally feel afraid. Yes. Um, it says, The angel of the Lord um, came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were sore afraid. This is to the shepherds. Um, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day a saviour um, in the city of David. So, um, yeah, this is a case where the shepherds, um, mm. they would have first reacted in fear. Mm. But God said, don't be afraid. The yes. angel said, don't be afraid. Yeah, it's interesting, too, even before that, when the angel came to Mary and made the announcement that she yes. would be the mother of the Messiah. Once again, it's in Luke 1, 30, just back a page there. Um, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favour with God. Mm. It's a natural reaction, I suppose, mm. isn't it? That um, mm. fear just seems mm. to come. When we're out of our depths, we yes. feel fear and uh, there's a reassurance. Don't be afraid. Mm. Yes. Now, if we come over to um, Isaiah chapter 8 and verse um, 13, there's an interesting kind of uh, a kind of approach a, a perspective on this um, Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 13 but the Lord of hosts him you shall honor as holy let him be your fear and let him be your dread so on one hand we've got this very very strong message mm. about fear not do not be afraid do not let your hearts be troubled is what Jesus said mm. but then you've got this very clear message as well uh, that we need to fear God mm. and um, um, where, where does this concept come in and, and what, what does it really mean to, to fear, uh, fear God? Uh, couldn't you take us to a particular place, Casey? Uh, so, yeah, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 and 14 says, um, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you were kind of pointing out before that there's this kind of two fears. Yes, mm. we have our fear, which is um, like a natural feeling of being afraid. But also this is talking about a fear that is like a reverence for God and what he is you know, asking us to do and who yes. he is. Yes. And it's often like it happens often in Scripture, this warning, mm. this encouragement to fear mm. God. Um, this is the New Testament, our first Peter chapter 2. Verse 17, honour all people, love the brotherhood, fear God. Yes. 
Yes. Um, so there is a place indeed for a healthy fear of God. Yes. And there's also the, the very famous passage in Revelation chapter 14. Yes. Uh, mm. Fear God and give glory to him as well. Uh, really, really very, very important. And uh, what we want to do is we want to dive in. I mean, in terms of fearing God, why, why does fearing God result in, in the fact that we don't have to be afraid of anything else? Why, why is that the case? What is, what is there about um, having this relationship with God that allows us to fear God but nothing else? Yeah, I think it, it comes down to when we understand who God is and what He is like, that really gives us the right basis for fearing Him. If you yes. have a look at Isaiah 57 verse... Um, 15. 15, correct, yes. Um, it shows us something quite interesting. Uh, Isaiah 57, 15 says... Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. And it continues along those lines. And basically Mm. we have a contrast here of a God who is high, lofty, eternal, great, powerful, etc. But at the same time, he is personable. He is interested in our lives. And when you understand those two things, you have respect for who God is in terms of his greatness but also you have a love for him because of his love for us. And it's in that sense that we can have a fear of God mm. that, is, that is beneficial. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's a, t- a place for a deep awe of God, isn't there? There is. You know, we don't see the Almighty. We don't see his glory and his grandeur and we don't sense always his might and his mm. great power. Mm. You know, we're dealing with the one who upholds the entire universe. Yes. And uh, we're, so we're not dealing with anything or anyone who's just an ordinary person or human mm. being. And I just, I'm, I'm so interested in the story in Mark 4, um, verse 41 is the verse I'd like to focus on very quickly. And that is, um, Jesus has just stilled the storm on the Lake of Galilee. Mm. And he, he stands and tells it to still be still and does. And mm. the, the disciples are with him, verse 41 says, they feared, and there's the word, mm. exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be? that even the wind and the sea obey him. Mm. Right? They were awestruck and, they, and mm. so it was a very healthy fear that they felt. That yes. Way. Yeah, no, it really, really is incredible. But that, what it shows is uh, when we fear God, when we truly understand his power, his authority, his majesty, at the same time, we have no need to, to fear anything else in this world. He demonstrates his mercy. He demonstrates his mercy as well. It's a beautiful, beautiful message. You know, it has been really valuable to go back and learn from the story of King Ahaz. So often we are faced with two different pathways in life. And the question is, which path will we choose? Will we trust God or will we take matters into our own hands like Ahaz did and choose the path that seems right to us? The reality is that whenever we do that, it ends up being the really hard way. We're really glad you joined with us today on Let God Speak. If you enjoyed this program, you can watch past programs on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also download teachers' resources there if you're leading your own Bible study group. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send an email to lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We look forward to you joining us next time. Remember to trust God. He will never fail you.
have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.